Hey everybody, it's your girl Jessie Mae. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. How you doing? How you living? How you working? How you stretching? Are you getting good food? Are you getting good sunlight? Are you hanging out with your friends? Are you are you trying to figure this whole life out in quarantine? You taking care of your mind, body, and soul and your butthole. Don't neglect that butthole. It's a very important part of your body. Keep it cute. Keep it fresh. Thank you guys so much for being here every week. We have new fans that are subscribing every week, and I just want to thank you guys for taking your time out of your day to listen to my nasally voice talk about my life and experiences. So it means a lot. And if you want more, we have the Patreon club. You can join patreon.com forward slash Peluso. You get exclusive videos pretty much every single day. It's a lot of content, a lot of stuff I'm putting there for you guys, a lot of different videos and polls, and I'm going to be doing live Q&As as well on that patreon.com forward slash Peluso. Join any tier you want, whatever works for you, whatever suits you. I just appreciate the support and the patronage from you guys. It means a bunch. It means a bunch. I appreciate you. I can't do this without you, literally. I mean, I could, but it wouldn't be as fun. So get on over there, subscribe. What else do I have that I like to tell you guys about? Oh, also my cameos. If you want me to make custom videos, people were asking me about making videos for their dads because Father's Day is coming up. Well, I don't have a dad. Well, I, I, I kind of do, but he's dead. He's still in my heart, but he's he's also dead. <laughs> I think that's how it works after people die. If you're lucky, you remain in somebody's heart. But if you'd like to book me on Cameo, I make custom videos for anybody in your life, people you love, people you can't stand anymore, people you hate, coworkers, bosses, friends, exes, whatever you want, however you want me to address it, I am here for you. You go to Cameo, download the app. It's fun. There's a bunch of different celebrities, athletes, and various people in the public eye that are doing videos there. So you can peruse the app, if you will, to find a bunch of other people and your girl. Your girl right here, Jessie May. I'm on that app. Book me. Book me. I'm available. I will make videos for your dad, for your mom, for your your mom, dad. Maybe you got two moms and you celebrate Father's Day, you know, how, however you do it. So that's available for you as well. And Bong and Movie, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be released this Friday. The video, we are almost done editing it. It's almost completely done, so I'm very excited about that. And we have a bunch of other video shows coming out on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. Thank you guys so much again. And also thanks to our... This is what I get for doing this after drinking wine. Thanks to our sponsors, Absolute Extracts. Oh, God, they're going to be like, not sponsors no more, bitch. You can't even speak. Thank you guys so much. They sent me so much weed during this quarantine, and you know I fucking needed it. I'm waking and baking every goddamn day. I'm living, like, literally, literally living my best life in quarantine. Amidst everything that's going on, I feel great. I hope you guys feel great. This is a really fun episode. Thank God it's with a professional comedian who also had their audio up to par. So it sounds great. So how many times can I say great? Probably too many. 
I hope you guys enjoy this episode with a very funny fellow, one of my dear friends. He's so amazing. Go check out his page, his website, all of his stuff, his special. He's so fucking funny. I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Mr. Amir K. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Mr. Amir K. Hey, Jessamine. What's up, baby? How are you, girl? You know, I miss you, man. I miss everyone. But I miss, I miss you, you too. too. I I genuinely miss you. I feel like you're one of those people who's in the somewhat periphery of my life. But every time I see you, I'm like, I feel like I we need to be better friends. You're that person. I'm like, we need to be better friends. I thought I that when I was in the way. kitchen making a coffee. I feel the same way. Yeah. How are you doing in this quarantine? Have you been really quarantining? Or are you out there just waving your dick in the streets? I was at first, you know, but it's fucking hard, man, isn't it? Like, it it's is. so hard. Um, at first, I was really, like, taking it seriously. And I think, like, lately, I've been a little bit more lax about it. Been, like, cruising out and shit, like, a little more. <laughs> I can't I can't do this too much longer, you know? I know. It's it so feels, up. It like, feels I walk really by people, fucked up. Jesse, I walk by people, and I fucking have to get jokes in. I'm like, hey, nice dog. And I, like, do jokes to them. I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm getting... I'm like so sick of being in my house, dude. Is this you the know? longest you've been off stage? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. 100% since I started. How about you? Yeah, it's, this, is, this is the longest since I started too. And it's, has it made you realize anything different about yourself as a performer or person? Like being off stage, have you discovered new skills or maybe a new outlet? I can masturbate way more than I thought in one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, definitely, dude, I fucking just, um, I forgot how much I took the shit for granted. I know it sounds corny, but like, you know, we'd go up every night and stuff, but like, I miss it so much that I'm like, fuck, I'll never take like a stage for granted again, you know? And like, an, I, I, live I agree. People like that's re it really made me think that, you know, it like, feels, I'm dying to get back on. it feels scary though. I feel like I don't know. And I've had this conversation with other comedian friends, like, Adam Ray today like we don't know what it's gonna be like out on the road like are people gonna be cool full clubs because right now they're opening half capacity and I just that doesn't feel right to me it doesn't and you know there's not gonna be a front row and I hate when there isn't like a front you know what I mean like ah! when the connection is gone because dude you fucking I sometimes I'll be talking and I'll like accidentally you'll see the spit go whoop, and like, oh, fuck. like now imagine if that shit happens they'll shut the whole fucking club down <laughs> Second wave. The second wave is here. <laughs> I love when I see a spit flying Ugh. through the air. I have that attention deficit. You, like, did you see that? I always acknowledge it. I, I, th I thought I was the only one, but I always go, oh, my God, I think I spit on the front row. Like, you see it go in their fucking nachos. It goes, bitch. Right on their, their lips. 
It's a totally oh, different climate now. If you spit on somebody in the front row, you're going to be a hazmat team is going to come in. You're fucked. You're fucked. Um, yeah, that's going to be so weird. And I, dude, how are they going to do it where we are? We going to have to wear masks? Like, I, I can't do that. I Perform don't know. with the fucking Hannibal Lecter. Like, you can't do that. No, it's it's you know what I mean? It's like it's such a gradual like evolution to the new normal, whatever it's going to be. <sighs> That I don't even know if we'll recognize how much of a shift it's going to be because of, you know, just how long it's going to take for everything to get back to whatever the new normal is. But I don't know, man. I, I talk to Sam Tripoli too much. It's, it's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're fucked. You're fucked. Like, the alien started this. Come on, people. Come on, people. The alien started this shit. It's in Wuhan. Now it's in your backyard. <laughs> I, I, I feel but, I do too, but he, you know, we have these like conversations, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah, he'll he'll get you fucked up, dude. Like, listen to 15 minutes of him talking, and you're like, okay, dude, the world is ending soon, and we're fucked. That's it. Honestly, feels beyond Corona to me, and just beyond conversations with him. Like, another three months? Do we? Why haven't we done this for like the sex trafficking epidemic that's in the country or AIDS or the regular flu? What's so different about this that we're shutting everything the fuck down? It feels it feels off. It feels a little X-Files to me. It feels super. I mean, I think Sweden did it right, to be honest. Like, you know, they have like the old people. They're making sure everyone's like, you know, like they're. What did Sweden do? I just spit on my computer. (laughs) (laughs) Throw it away. It's got Corona. It's got Corona. Um, I think that, I think Sweden did, uh, like, from what I know, I think they, like, kind of just, they didn't really shut down. You know what I mean? They kind of, like, they, you know, heated the whatever, like, warnings and all that. And then they took the right precautions. Like, they put the old people and the people that are more at risk and shit. They, like, put them, you know, not away, but, like, they kind of made. I think more rules for them where they can't, they shouldn't be going outside and stuff like that. But I think businesses as, as normal, and I don't think they've had like too much of a spike in deaths and all that stuff, you know, but I think for the States, dude, I think it's like, you know, you, you never know how stupid some people are, you know? So they yeah. have to go overboard with some of this shit. AKA protect- Florida. <laughs> yeah. Florida's like out in the beach. Like we don't get Corona. I, I can't miss spring rag. <laughs> They're fucking on it, dude. They're on like little Corona fucking life rafts out in the beach. Just fucking they don't give a it. shit. The they don't care. They don't care. Like, they're not even hugging. They're just coughing into each other's mouths. Coughing in each other's faces. Open mouth, tongue kisses. <laughs> 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 little Jesse, dude. I fucking miss you, dude. I miss, uh, you know what? One of the most fun times was that Lebanon trip was like, so that's why actually we kind of got to know each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dude, so, dude, watching the guys ogle you was one of my like a fucking like you were a natural blonde like the likes they have never seen, and they were just like oh every guy was like oh dude remember <laughs> you could have you had your pick of any guy you could have fucked the president I did <laughs> I did you could have fucked anybody remember the guy I have pictures of all this shit by the way like um the guy. The guy with the big belly, the, the, the like the oh. king of the cab drivers oh, I after the club. <laughs> I loved him so much. He was so cool. Somehow he was so cool, right? He had like some swag and he like pushed his way through with his fucking big ass belly. Like <laughs> guy. He was and in he was sandals. Like, and he opened up and he goes, hey, and he started spinning game. It was he shot his shot. Yes, it- some mic. 
and fucking sandals. It was beautiful. It was a sight to see. I was like, God damn, this guy's got some swag. At first, I like kind of was like, oh, dude, he's not gonna be that that good at this. And then he came in, and you were kind of, <laughs> I got some pictures of you like in your eyes. You're kind of like, fuck, I might have to hang out with this dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him looking at me with those Lebanese eyes and me just being like, yeah, you're in a trance. I saw it. I saw it, that. It shit. was like somebody's <laughs> grandfather with a huge belly and sandals. And I'm like, this is my guy. But they like respected him. Remember all the other cab guys were like, oh shit. Oh, you know, Harut's talking or Hanukkah's <laughs> talking to her. Like, oh dude, it's, you know, he was like the, he was like the alpha for sure. He was that the was alpha. fucking cool. That was so cool. I have a photo of it. You you made me go take a photo with him. <laughs> Dude, because I remember I had my, I had the girl I was hanging out with that week. Like I met a girl. You remember I had like a girlfriend for the week. It You're was, like, amazing. She was from Detroit. Like I went to Lebanon to meet a girl from fucking Detroit. And then like, <laughs> so I was hanging with her. But then that guy came and I'm like, oh, hold on. I got to, I remember leaving to go take a picture. <laughs> we left that oh, club at like fucking 3 a.m. There's no rules there, dude. Lebanon is so amazing. There was no rules. Remember, they're like, what time does the club close? Like, when do you want to go home? They're like, when do you want to go home? Like, what? Like, there's no rules? I didn't think it was going to be like that, you know? No, I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought there was going to be a little bit more of a strict approach to, like, their cultural norms compared to ours. But they don't. They love to they party. Ah. They don't give a fuck. And they're, the culture is so jovial. Don't you dude, think? They were having so, they were having. So, I have videos of us at the club and shit, and like we're just we don't even know. It was like crazier than I've seen here. I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" And I'm going, "What's happening?" And you're like, "Ah!" You're like yelling like crazy. It was so fun though, with all the balls then, dropping from the ceiling. Yeah, it was New Year's every every day for them. Every club we went to, remember they like set us up with the big table. Yes, that it was, was wild. So I had no that idea so cool. that that culture was going to be like that, and it was interesting because I'm sh I know you have performed in other countries as well. There's always a little bit of a delay when it comes to the translation time. Like after you say something, if you're speaking in English in a, um, you know, a, a country that's not initially English speaking, there's a second or two delay. But they were like, they well, yeah, got their English it. Was pretty, they were, their English was really good. The ones, you know, everyone that we were talking to, right? Yeah. Even, even like when Byron and I would cruise, like the three of us were such fucking sore thumbs. A black dude, a blonde chick and a dude with long hair. They were like, who the fuck is this band? Like, what band is playing in our country? They were tripping, dude. You remember we'd be walking, everyone's like, oh. They're, and everyone's staring at Byron, too, you know? Yeah. Because we looked so odd. We looked so fucking different than what they're used to. But We did, especially a in a group. And then you put Skylar Stone there. They're like, who's the tour manager? <laughs> Skylar is such a, like, we don't do this in America. We, we don't do it like this in America, guy. You know, like, every group has one of those guys. You're like. Skyler just fucking go. He didn't come out of his fucking hotel room for the most part. No, he missed that beautiful meal at Falamanca. Yeah. Falamanca. I never miss a meal. I know I look like I miss all the meals. I never miss a meal. Dude, do you remember that one by the that, that one by the water was fucking dope? And then we went and jumped in. Remember? Oh, you and posted I almost, the video. Yes, I just posted the video. Almost drowned yeah, yeah, yeah. in the ocean. That was gnarly. That, that dude. That was was that the same day that we went. And we smoked that weed in the cave, like yeah, when we, we went to the cave. We saw the Jesus yeah. statue. <laughs> yeah, I told you this before, but that's one of those times, dude. We we're in there, it's cave, and we look, and it's fucking Jesus Christ. And we're like, ah, <laughs> and we're smoking a joint in this cave by the fucking Mediterranean. <laughs> in, a Mediterranean. Cave. in a cave. 
It was so cool, dude. But those are those times. I don't know if you've had that moment where you're like, I think I've told you this before, but like where you're just sitting there and you're tripping out, like how comedy brought you to that place. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, pretty cheesy. But you're like, fuck, man, this is so cool what we get to do. It really is. And it's the only amazing places I've been to is because of comedy. Yeah. And that's why this quarantine is so it's so constrictive on many levels, creatively you know, explorative and just being able to communicate with people. I feel so restricted to my normal essence. I feel like it's, it's, that's why I was like asking you, you know, earlier, if you discovered anything new about yourself, because I feel like in times like this, where it's an unprecedented time for so many people in this country being, you know, contained to their homes, I've realized some things about myself, like taking time and being home and with my own thoughts has made me sort of clean out some bad habits and things I have that I don't need. Like it's it's made me kind of reflect a little and and want to improve so that when we come out of this, that I don't have any excess baggage weighing me down. I, I totally agree with you. I think a lot of comics have taken like self-inventory and shit and like looked at themselves and Dude, I guarantee you, like, the game's going to be so different. Not just the way the clubs are going to be, but the way, like, people are doing, you know what I mean? Just, like, material and the way. Yeah, what do you think is going to be different? I just think, like, people are just going to, like you said, they're just sitting at in their heads now a lot about, like, what their material is or what they're doing on stage or, you know what I'm saying? Just anything about their yep. performance or what they want to convey to the audience or, you know, like, what they're what they're saying up there. So I think right. that's going to change a lot for the comics that stay in the game because, you know, in LA, I'm sure fucking a lot of, this was a lot of people's like, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people that were struggling and not touring, you know, we were fortunate enough to be able to be touring before this, you know, there's a lot of guys that were like on, you know, not at that level yet, maybe. And so they may have quit and shit. So I think there's going to be a lot of like, you know, a lot of the newer comics maybe have given up if they weren't all in on this shit. Right. And then I think that, yeah, a lot of like the one comics like us that were touring, we're going to really like sit back and go, shit, what, what have I been doing? And, you know, cause I was stuck in a loop a lot of the time, you know, you like mean? when you go, when you go up every night, you know, you don't really like, sometimes I'd just be going up and being okay. And then I wouldn't even, you know, maybe be creating as much as I could have, mm. you know what I'm saying? And now yep. like I fucking started a podcast, you know, I had this like podcast studio in my house and I'm like, I made one of my rooms a podcast studio for years, but I was touring so much that I never had a chance to start it. I mean, you know, because I was going to do it by myself and shit. And now I just started it. And that's been a good outlet to like, you know, get my thoughts out because I do it by myself. Yeah, you're one of those comedians who can not many comedians can do it and be interesting and retain attention. But I definitely would think you're one of those guys or comedians who could talk off the top of your head and have something to say and a point of view in that. That's awesome, though. What's your podcast called? It's called Salty Locks. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, fuck it. I don't know, dude, I just picked the name. I'm like, fuck it. Let's go. And I just started one day. I'm like, dude, let's just do it. It's been so fun. I don't know. You've been doing yours forever. Yeah. And uh, like, I, I should have started this shit. Everyone's, been, you know, told me like, dude, start one, start one. And um, I just never did. And then now that I have, I'm like, fuck, I'm having so much fun with it, especially it's giving me something to do and something to talk about. Like now throughout the week when I'm like, oh, dude, instead of going oh, I'm going to talk about that on stage. I'll be like, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast, you know, so that's been um, really fun. Yeah, and it's a great way to, like, workshop shit. Oh, totally. And I know that now I'm getting ideas, like little seeds of ideas that I'll be able to, like, riff and work out on stage that have potential to becoming bits, you know? Yeah. If we can get back on stage, like, I, you know, it's a good point, the whole, like, level of comedians who aren't going to make it through this. There's a lot of comedians. It's such an interesting 
um, industry because there's a lot of comedians who work religiously at the comedy store who are mm -hmm. never on the road. Right. And those are the comedians that are going to struggle the most because they don't have that, you know, income outside of just the one location. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen when we go back out wherever it is and however it's going to be. I have a thought. I was talking to Adam Ray about this. I don't want to. Come wanna... on, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, dude. Come on, dude. I love Adam, dude. He's like, yeah, dude. Come on. He's like so positive about everything. That's yeah, great, dude. Come on. He is. He's <laughs> great. That's he's that's like my brother. He um I was saying, like, I don't want to go to a half-filled club. I don't wanna, I don't want the new normal to be less than what it was before. I want us to come back like strong and better mm -hmm. than before. I just don't know. Like, do you think the clubs are gonna be half half staff? Like I don't I hope that people don't like trip out, you know, like overnight how this fucking thing happened where everyone's horrified to be out of their house. It's like, dude, it, come on, man. It's like a virus. Yeah. And like, yeah, like I said, the at risk people should probably stay away from, you know, social gatherings and stuff like that. You know, if you're like super overweight or you have some pre existing lung conditions or something like that, or you're older, you know, yeah, maybe stay away from like going to a fucking rock concert. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like if you're younger and like in good health and I'm sure they're going to have like some pre like you know, preventative measures at the door with like testing with the thermo, you know, like the little test that they do with the yeah, the little they they stab you in the in the brain through your <laughs> yeah, nose, that thing, like we just Q-tips at the door, bitch, and then <laughs> stab you or whatever they do, you know. But they're gonna have some sort of thing where uh, hopefully it makes people feel comfortable enough to go back. But I feel like if dude, if there's a second wave of this shit, that will really fuck everything up. Like it'll be like no one will be wanting to go out. And being like these clubs and stuff like that, sitting next to people. And I think that may fuck shit up. But I'm trying to be optimistic about the whole thing. We have to and, be. And yeah, just hoping that like it'll go back and we'll be able to perform like normal. Because, dude, I don't want to be with all the restrictions. And you see like the empty tables. You know, that's death for a comedy club anyways. Like the laugh doesn't carry, you know what I mean? And there's groups of people sitting in certain, you know, pockets. And it's, you know, some people are laughing here. And then, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And the room's not, there's a reason why. You know, a comedy club has them packed tightly, you know? Yeah, Brad or sent me a the... picture of the club that he was going to play. I think he's going out this weekend. I think he's going to Omaha, Brad Williams. Was... Oh, okay. And the club, it, he showed me a picture. I was like, how are you going to perform? What's what's What are the standards now? And he showed me a picture of the comedy club room, and it's ha like a third of the tables. Like they took all the other tables out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a really it looks like a wedding for for teenagers there's only like <laughs> 20 what? people a wedding for teenagers like they're too young like the, i want to know what the, the vibe of this was no one's coming because they're they're, they're not teenager. gonna make it <laughs> i'm not i'm not putting on a dress for a teenager's wedding they're not gonna fucking make it. it i fucking love it dude what they're about yeah that it. um what's fuck i was just gonna say something about the clubs being like that, like the half capacity shit. Um, you know, I don't know. Like what, what club is that that Brad's doing? I don't know the name of it. It's in Omaha. It's not the funny bone, which I love. It's not the funny bone out there. I don't know which one it is. It looks like, you know, one of the, maybe like a, um, like a smaller company owns it. Not like right. one of the improvs or funny bones, but I'm interested to see. I want to know. I told him, like I was gonna have him on the podcast. I was like, wait till you till after because I want everyone to hear what the experience. the experience. For sure. I'll listen to that shit. Yeah, dude. Um, 
but like yeah i heard you know you know like tammy and rick uh you know house of comedies um, they're amazing they're opening i think the vancouver club because my buddy dino dino archie i don't know if you know dino but he's yep. doing um he's doing the weekend coming up it's like in a couple weeks uh and so they club, are they uh, what's canada doing i don't know but the, i guess they're they've loosened the restrictions or something because they're going to be opening the club in vancouver and it's like i don't know if you've ever been to that it used to be called uh fuck what was it called I forget what it used to be called, but there was a theater downstairs and it's kind of like a 250, 300 seat like theater looking right. room. And they're going to do the same thing, like 50 people only. So, dude, what the fuck? You know, like you're going to get on a plane, go through customs for 50 fucking people. Yeah, I know. Well, no, no, he's he lives there. So that's <laughs> okay, why they think they're okay. using him. So he lives in Vancouver. So I think it's going to be an easy play for them. But, dude, what the fuck? Like a theater with 50 people in it. You know it's, what I mean? It's weird. It's yeah, weird. It's like, a bad college gig or something, you know? Right. It just feels like, but I, maybe it's a personality thing because I'm all I'm all or nothing when it comes to things. So I would I would rather wait until we're back at it than go to a half filled comedy club because the energy's weird. But then again, maybe it could be fun weird. You know how sometimes it's like fun weird. Sure. Sure. No, absolutely. I think I think we would make the best of it. You know, I know like I'm speaking for myself. I think you, you too. Like you're that type of way that could have fun with a room like that. I mean, you know, but it, I've stayed away from it. For example, like the Zoom shows and shit like that. Like a lot of people are doing Zoom. I'm like, fuck, like people have asked. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not I, just, you know, having a little bit of self-respect for the shit, you know, the game that you've invested so much fucking time and effort into to not just do it and like succumb to this fucking you know, Zoom shows. And then exactly. here we are, like, watch. If this thing goes another three months, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm here gay live from Zoom. <laughs> I'm like the fucking Zoom comic. But yeah, I've stayed away from those. So just like you said, I want to I want to wait until it's like open to open, you know, and like we can do our thing. Yeah, I agree. Like I haven't done any Zoom shows either. And I'm kind of glad I haven't. I just in my gut, I was like, you know, this feels people were doing it like a week after. Oh, dude, it, there's people doing it a week before. <laughs> they didn't get paid time. Like, Maybe I'm down. I'm not in anywhere. I go, I'm good. <laughs> it's a donation. It's a donation. Here's my Venmo. Fucking Venmo me, man. I was like, I didn't want to do jokes at the fucking club. Why would I fucking pay to see you on the internet? I'll pay if you never do this again. I will, <laughs> I will Venmo you if you fucking close your Zoom account. Uh, so stupid, dude. Yeah, but everyone's jumping on it, dude. Like like you said, so quickly. I'm like, dude, give it a week. But it also, like you said, we're in a different um, space in our career and in the spectrum of comedy. We have the luxury to say no. Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you. You know, we've traveled to many different countries and we've been doing this for a long enough time to where, I don't know about you, I've, like I said, have been taking time to just be like, do I need 35 pairs of shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you did the whole KonMari? Did you read that book? The, does this give you joy shit? No, I need it. Oh, you got it. I'll send you the book. I forget the fucking name of the lady, but um, I was dating this girl. And at the time, she gave me this book to read. And it was about clearing out all your shit. It was like a big phenomenon in the States, I guess, a few years Marie ago. Marie Kondo? Marie Kondo, bitch. That's it right there. Yeah. KonMari. Was it called? And when you go clean out your shit? Wasn't yes. that the thing? And, and it was like, if you hold it and you fucking touch it in your hands and you go, does this give me joy? And then you toss that bitch yeah. if it don't. You got to put t-shirts to your face and go, do I, do I feel joy? <laughs> I see you just putting your dirty ass shoes on your face. This they all bring me dirty. joy. And then you go, I, I can't, I'm a hoarder, dude. That's, to some extent, I realized I am kind of a hoarder. 
You have a lot of sneakers. I no, I mean not that many. I just have boxes of shit, you know. Hats of like, I have hats, tons of hats. Yeah. What do you hoard the most? What do I hoard the most? Probably, yeah, I have tons of hats. You I know? feel like I, just, I haven't I seen you get rid of boxes. Mm. Is, is, I don't know if that's weird, but I, like if I buy something and like it's an expensive item or some shit, like my studio equipment, like I'll keep the box. I do that like, for I, a year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then you toss it when the when the like warranty or year is up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, but I just it just happens to build up and then I, I got to go through it. Like, but are you but like planning on being homeless? Because then you might want to keep them. Yeah, then I gotta, yeah, I go, I wish I would have kept them. <laughs> Fuck Decime in that fucking Sharp Tongue podcast. I threw all my boxes out. <laughs> I'm homeless after a week. Fuck. I mean, outside of my apartment building, I, I live in Marina Del Rey, which is not the cheapest neighborhood to live in. You know, right. it's like, I, it's painful to pay rent every month. And outside of my apartment complex, there are three tents, new tents that are popped up right across the street motherfuckers have full like a front porch they got wi-fi in that bitch don't don't fuck around dude they, they do. Have, i saw a guy on a la- dude on hollywood i live in the heart of the fucking that shit you know hollywood yep there's a guy with a tent dude he's there laying down like fucking like chilling with a laptop he's got a whole thing he's got he's he, and he looked at me like i was i'm like motherfucker on the sidewalk <laughs> dude he was like this he looked at me i go he's just all heroined out on fucking you know whatever dark web shit writing a novel yeah, I'm like, come on, man. I mean, th- it's gotten so crazy here, but like now they've popped up in Marina Del Rey, you're saying. Oh, yeah. There it's in the past since the coronavirus pandemic, there have been there's like literally a small little city of homelessness on the right outside of my apartment complex. And they're having domestic disputes every night. Right. But they have nowhere to go. Dude, what's sad is, you know, the fucked up part is, you know, like when when shit was normal you know, they'd have those and I was like, I'd get pissed. But now it's like, fuck, some of these people just literally have nowhere. No one's taking them in because of like, you know, the situation. It's so brutal. Like, fuck. Well, yeah, I, but also like, how are, if this shit's so like, the virus is so bad and it affects people. And you know, some of these people are really sick and shit on the street. You know what I mean? Very like, mentally ill. They, they, yeah, that too. But like, I'm saying health wise, they're not healthy at all. Right. And then how is that disease not like gone in, you know, let's say like a homeless community and fucking just spread rampant and killed everybody. That's a really, really good point. I never considered how. Are they just not talking about it or like, you know what I'm saying? Because these people yeah. have to have been getting Corona. If you know what I'm saying? Like they're fucking yeah. not living like super sanitary, you know, lives or dirty shit all over the place and they're touching it. And, you know, I never they're... considered that. Like, I didn't even think about that. Maybe maybe it's because a lot of I, I mean, the homeless people I've seen physically appear pretty healthy, but mm-hmm. mentally like the disease is, is, is isolated to the brain, you know, so where that doesn't really spread the way a virus does. But then again, with the virus being introduced into society, those who don't have a lot, they're not, I can't imagine they're eating organic foods from whole foods. (laughs) It's still a good point. Like, how are they, how are they able to survive? And also to that point, if a homeless person on the streets, which is what homelessness is, can survive through the quarantine you can fucking survive yeah dude like why i don't know this some of the shit's like too crazy you know like i have friends that are like no dude like they'll get in like i had my buddy come over like with a mask and shit and he was like standing outside of my place and then people walk by and he got in his car and closed the fucking door i'm like <laughs> dude are you fucking kidding me like how overnight that you started doing that and we were introduced to this shit i'm convinced a long time ago 
I think I feel so like too. I, I feel like I had it. I was I was really sick. Like I took a flu shot, and then I got really sick. Like in in like um, December, you know, of this mm-hmm. 2019. I think, and we're traveling so much. We're hu- I'm hugging people after shows, you know. No more hands, meet meet and greets. Oh, dude, it's gone. That Stop whole it. thing, this whole thing, you might as well fucking take it out. You're not gonna be doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the last time you'll be able to do that shit. And I like hugging people after the shows and talking to the people and shit, you know? It's one of the greatest like, parts. Yeah, I love that part. And that's going to be totally gone. It's going know? to be at least for a year. And that's like, I feel know. bad for kids growing up now, you know, that are like, they didn't get to experience the world the way that we had it. Because it's going to be so different, dude. It is going to be you so know? different. I mean, think about the world post 9-11. And that was such a different had such a different reach and it resonated with people so differently because it didn't collapse or shut down the economy. It wasn't a glo- it wasn't quite a global pandemic, you know? It was it was our it was our Pearl Harbor per se, but it wasn't the way um this has been detrimental to our economy and to the entire world feeling it. It's a strange it's a weird time. Like it's one of those things. I think when you get older and you, you know, we're in our eighties, God forbid we make it to that. We look back and we're going to have the craziest perspective about this time that we're going through right now. hundred percent. Yeah. Like, it's crazy that, you know, I was tripping on the other day. I Acid. was like thinking, of, yeah, no, that too. I'm smoking a little wing. No, I was fucked up. I was on peyote. <laughs> <laughs> you look <laughs> If peyote was a human, you look I like I look it. like a peyote. I know. I've been told. I've been told. You're not the first person to tell me. <laughs> I'm a like peyote. A, I'm high a, right now. I was fucking smoking earlier. <laughs> me too. Oh, good. Well, let's fucking little, do a little celebratory blaze. But I know. What I was tripping on about was um, that, you know, 100 years ago, you know, they had the roaring 20s and shit, right? The roaring 20s was 100 years ago. And they were having fun. It was all speakeasies and underground, like, you know, shit. And that's going to happen again. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, if this shit goes on too long and it's already starting to pop up, somebody sent me a text and said, like, oh, like little speakeasies are popping up in New York. People are sick of being like in their little tiny apartment and they're going to these little fucking, you know, people's houses that have become like little speakeasies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's so crazy how that's like 100 years. And now we're in our, in the 20s and we're doing going to be doing similar shit. You know, just, it is. Just, it's. It's like history literally repeating itself. Is this our Great Depression? Is this our? It is. Dude, this is it. This We're living through some, because this is fucking, and I'm saying, okay, when the money dries up from like the, uh, from the government, you know, like they're giving the government. They're giving. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. We're getting too serious. I had to mix it up. <laughs> I couldn't do it too much longer. I was like, if I was listening to this, I wouldn't want the, I wouldn't want to get my fucking info about what's going to happen from these two guys. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. These are the guys that are giving you your advice. (laughs) When the employment runs out. uh, Fuck. What are we doing? Those are so funny, dude. I used to wear glasses like that when I was a kid. I bet you did. I bet you had horrible vision because you had you have such good hair. It had to be balanced out. Who the fuck is that dog? It looks like you. This is Duke. I swear to God, my dog looks so... My mom got me this mug, by the way. It's my dog. Oh. And then she spelled this fucking name wrong. <laughs> Dookie. Look how she spelled it. What the fuck? 
He's so cute. He matches yeah. you. Where is Bro, he? Where's this same fucking guy? Oh my god. Is he Where's elderly? Oh, he's elderly as hell. Yeah, he's 14. He's so sweet. He was just at your so feet. I love him so much. Do you sleep oh, with your dog? That's all that's the only person I've been having sex with. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. No, yeah, he sleeps with me, dude. I mean, I'm so glad I have him. If I didn't have him, I would have fucking hung myself. You know, I have like I have my big pit is in a bed right here. He's yeah, on the the, floor. Isn't it the best having your dog? I mean, if, if you didn't have a dog, like what would you do? I don't it really it's I think it's vital to a certain aspect of mental health to have something else to love and to take care of and that loves you unconditionally. I agree. I mean, there, you have to have that as a human being to have lo to that love. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That feeling, you know that feeling you get like when you're like hugging your dog or like you're like petting your dog or like in this that something that it does to your heart, like that's essential for human beings, I feel like. You know, it if is. you don't get that from somebody else, you know what I mean? And think about what that does, how detrimental that is to somebody's, like children, to their brain development if they're when not they receiving oh yeah yeah that that's a real disease why aren't we like why aren't we quarantining or figuring out some sort of approach to that like that's when i say we're going to reflect back on this time i hope all of our efforts aren't in vain i hope all of our efforts really are towards this disease and not some other sam tripoli truth <laughs> oh boy oh boy fucking Kim Jong-un started the virus, man. Is he That's alive? I don't know. I don't know where the fuck he is, dude. I was talking about him on my podcast the other day. I go, where the fuck did he go? Why can't we just ask Dennis Rodman? Dennis' like, friends. He, they're his best. He's his best friend. He's his fucking <laughs> best friend. Why don't we just ask him, Dennis, where is Kim Jong-un. You know how he talks? He talks don't like... He's choking on marbles and water at Dude, the same time. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I'll talk to Kim Jong Un, but it's that cocaine. <laughs> you know, when you get cocaine, that throw cocaine through. Like, oh, I, 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 I party with that motherfucker too, dude. He used to live in Newport Beach when I lived there. Cocaine throat? Wait, I have so many questions. Yeah, I've never know. done cocaine, so I don't know cocaine throat. Oh, then why are you asking me? I've never done it either. You haven't? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I believed you. <laughs> No, dude. Yeah, I've done coke, but it's a little coke drip you get when you do it. It'll like. Oh kinda, yeah, I know that. I know that it does kinda, drip in the back of your neck, and it sort of reminds you you need a new numb. bump. <laughs> it'll numb up your throat a little. <laughs> there you go, my sponsors. Sorry, Disney. <laughs> Wait. So you were you were Dennis Rodman's best friend first? No, dude. That's so funny. <laughs> We part like we used to. Uh, there's a buddy of mine that used to rent a beach house that was connected to his, like every oh, summer. Shit. And we were like 15, 16 year old kids, and fucking Rodman. That was the height of his partying and craziness, dude. And he was like, they, uh, when he was with Carmen Electra, you know. That's right. The, the not, late 90s. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Late 90s, and he would fucking. He pulled up to the, um, like we'd be sitting there, and they'd be like two, three in the morning, and we were done partying. We were just like winding down on the little, you know, because it was on the water. So you're like sitting on the boardwalk and then this fucking guy pulls up in this huge lifted truck. Like you do this all the time, pull up on the beach and back up. And then a horde of people would just jump out of his fucking truck and they'd start partying at like three in the morning, like all fucked up on everything. Were and then you we'd just be like, it was just crazy. We would just be like little kids. And then like, you know, I'm sitting there talking to a porn star. I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, at 16 going like, eh, and they're all fucked up on Molly and shit. And they're just talking or ecstasy at the time, maybe. 
It was just a trip. It was like crazy. Were you a big, are you a big sports fan? Like was Dennis Rodman someone that you were like, holy shit, I'm a huge I, fan? No, I mean, I was never that because like my dad and shit wasn't into sports. You know, a lot of kids, I think, get that from their parent. You know, like they watched sports with their dad or my dad didn't give a fuck. He was like, we're immigrants, you know? So I like playing sports, but I was never like a fan fan of sports. You know, like I didn't get, you know what I mean? Like somebody, yeah. like, if I saw a celebrity or something to like a sports figure it wouldn't be like holy shit to me it was more like you know the actors or you know like if i saw fucking jim carrey i'd lose my shit yeah you know same i mean, I mean oh, yeah, even today him, it just, yeah it was crazy it was crazy the the dennis rodman thing you know because he's a fucking superstar and a dope athlete but like um yeah i wasn't like holy shit but we were all pretty excited that he was hanging out but it just made for a cool story yeah absolutely were you born yeah. here i don't know if i know i was that. born in iran and when did you born- come here Three weeks ago. <laughs> and it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. <laughs> Your podcast is very excellent, man. You're a very beautiful lady. Your <laughs> You know, I've been watching you online very much. <laughs> I came when I was five years old. Five. And do you remember that time? Do you remember it being See, a that's big what deal? Fucked me up. I think that fucked me up. You know, my, my, my mind. And you know when I do a lot of characters and shit and like live different accents and stuff in my act? Um, I've figured out that that's why I'm good at doing that because when I came here, I, I would like learn how to speak English by mimicking kids. You know what I mean? Like right. I'd watch them talk and I learned how to like just mimic their voice, you know, to speak English myself. You know what I'm saying? So I think that helped me that way. And that you created fucked- characters to sort of blend into the cult, the new culture for you. Sure. And I would like, I remember making, doing impressions of all my teachers and shit like that, you know, but it was just like, and that was the way to connect with the kids then, I think, was like through humor or some shit, you know? This has become like some cheesy play. <laughs> no, I I talk about the shit. Like you can feel, yeah, yeah. feel free to let it all out. That's that's what and they my are mother used left to. Us. <laughs> Did <laughs> she? No, no, no. No, but we I dude, I got fucked up because like imagine being a kid, dude, because I, I don't know what happened in my brain because I I had an accent at some point. You know what I'm saying? When you come as a kid, I would I talk no English, no English. You know, I probably talk oh. like that. You know, and there's fucking pictures of me as a kid. I'm like, damn. And I see my like in my eyes. I'm like this little poor little kid just wanted to be loved. You know, I'm just like sitting there like fucking. And then I'm thinking of like the mindset of that kid because I don't remember when I lost my accent. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember the day where I was talking like that. Then all of a sudden I wasn't talking like that because I talk like this now. But what the fuck? Like that must have been so traumatic. Imagine you're five years old and your whole world as you know it is Iran, right? Like Farsi, Iran. I don't even know anything much outside of that. And then they bring you and fucking plant you to a place. You don't know anything. People are talking, but you can't, under- you know, that's what it sounded like to me. When they're talking English yep, and just you're just noises. like, what? Yeah. And you're just going, what the fuck is this guy? I remember they dropped me off in kindergarten. Cause right when we came, I was, you know, that, like right when we came, I had to go to school. It was kindergarten age. And I was like fucking horrified. And I was crying my eyes out. Cause my mom left. And I was like, what am I doing here? I don't know. And the teacher would be, what's wrong? You know, I wouldn't understand. And so that must have fucked me up mentally so bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just I'm sure. Some scarring that I don't even, you know, I ha- I'd have to probably talk talk out with the therapist, which I haven't done. But I'm sure. <laughs> but one you know of the what? reasons maybe I do stand up or some shit, you know? Absolutely. I think it also maybe that I, I'm, a tr- I'm a firm and true believer in tragedy defining, you know, essentially your essence and, and, and why you become who you are. And, and that tragic moment and, and the struggle of being a 
immigrant, a foreigner in a country that you don't understand the language of gave you your purpose. Yeah, I would, you know? I would, I would say so. I mean, I don't know. I think because I remember doing that and I was always like class clown and shit, but I think it was just as a way to like belong or fit in or have people like me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because I always felt different. I always felt like, you know, like I didn't belong. You know what I mean? Even like all through high school and shit like that. Like I had tons of friends, you know, but I always felt like in the back of my head, like I'm not like them or something or like, you know, cause they're American or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. A weird, weird, weird vibe. Yeah. I felt that way. And I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an alien as it is, dude. I but am an alien. Put on your fucking Yoda. Man. I love your videos, dude. Just the crazy bullshit. <laughs> What's your fucking... <laughs> you know, all your masks and shit. Yeah. Yo. That's a good one. <laughs> You know what I just realized that I have? Holy what? shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. You got to put those on and have a debate. We should. You should have sent me one of those. And we should have <laughs> fucking done a whole podcast. This motherfucking Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mail you one. We're going to have to do another episode. Let's do it. It'll last fucking three minutes. I'll be like, I don't want to do this impression anymore. <laughs> It'll be worth the three fucking minutes, man. It really will. I'm seriously uh, going to send you a mask. Do it, dude. We'll do it again. That'd be fun. I definitely felt the same way as a kid, though, for sure. Like, I, I wonder what, you know, I understand, like, how you could develop those skills and be funny as a tactic to blend, evolve, and connect. Like, I understand that, especially because you came from another country and you were so young. And all you're doing, all we're ever doing, hopefully, is adapting. I mean, that's that's what makes you a survivor. That's like Darwinism. You don't adapt, you die. And so right. you were just smart at the age of five to figure out a tactic to blend and to belong. You know, I don't know what, why I became that because I feel the same way as you. I, I never felt like I but belonged. We have, we have, I noticed like, um, we have like a similar, I don't know if it's a sensibility or something, but I feel like we had a similar, like whether it was, something that we didn't get from our parents that we do what we do. Cause we're that breed of comic. I feel like, you know yes. what I'm saying? Like there are different types. Like there's the Seinfeldy type, you know, like that didn't have the trauma or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like there's different types. Yeah. I think Seinfeld's the type that figured out how to be funny. Right, right, right. And, but, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how to put this into words, but like, I feel like, you know, when you could tell like, Oh, that, that guy, that guy was like me or that, that chick was like me growing up or was that person in her friend group or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's yes. why maybe, and that's why maybe we we do club comedy and shit, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's for everyone. Yeah. It's like, that's what we learned growing up. And we were the funny person in the group. And, and we could always figure that, out how to make it funny. We always knew what to say in a scenario and right. found exactly. that moment to get that little quip in while the teacher's back was. <laughs> yeah, dude, a hundred percent. And I mean, that all I went to school for that was those moments, you know, and then I ah! come in at lunch and I'd be like, dude, I said oh. this and I said this and I'd redo it. I'd redo. I was doing fucking sets in high school, you know, like I'd go and <laughs> do the joke and I'd come at lunch and go and tell each friend group like what had just happened. You know what I mean? And then redo the joke and then do their impression. And fuck. I mean, I feel like you were doing the same shit, you know, Yeah. but Did getting you, the little lines in. Yeah, you had to get those little lines in and you just like <laughs> I was friends with everybody. I didn't have a, I didn't have a click. Yeah, I, I was friends with the whole thing. And I felt like like I don't know if you were the same way, but I was like friends with everyone. And I didn't feel, and I didn't feel like, oh, I was super, super close with everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like I had, I still have a couple friends that, that I'm close with, but my old friends and stuff, I, I, you know, I was, I always felt like I didn't belong in that. You know what I mean? Like close, they, they had best friends within those groups, you know? Yeah. 
But I, I was the guy same that always, way. Yeah, 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 I was like a funny guy that would hang out, but like I wasn't like super tight, tight with the other people, you know? Yeah, like I was. I'm the same, same way. I have a few friends that like maybe like five people that I've known for a very long time and maybe like one or two high school friends. But I I didn't have like a single best friend. I didn't have mm-hmm. like, you know, fucking ride or die in, in yeah, yeah, yeah. To today. Like it's I feel like I was everyone else's best friend. <laughs> Does that's, that make that sense? Is, well, it was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where you had like these little, they were invested in you as this person, right? Like for me, it was like the person I would come and I had different circles of friends that I would hang out with. And within that circle, you were the funny person probably, you know what I mean? So they'd want you around, yeah. right? But like at the end of the day, like sometimes I'd be like, fuck, I don't, yeah, you wouldn't have that like super tight, close friend that you were like, oh man, from day one. You know, I have, like I said, I have a few guy friends that I still, hang out with to this day that are my homie homies. But like, other than that, it wasn't like, you know, felt connected to everybody really. That's strange. You know it's, I, I think that's one of the consistent things with a certain type of comedian. I think you're right. It's just that like, that's, it's almost like the thing that's in the core that drives you to continue to get on stage, to continue to find the connectivity, to make people laugh. Like it's such a, it's a, it's like a, a ball that's rolling around in in water and it won't stop you know it's just like a continuous yeah, yeah, yeah. desire and craving to have that connection and what but is do you your think that void do you think there's that void in us then that like that's why we keep doing it because i know i say like oh you know you, you you'd like to think that like oh we'd like to spread the joy and whatever but it's a very selfish thing for a lot of us comics we go on stage because we need it you know and i'm not i i you know i admit to say that i need the audience like i fucking you know what I mean? Like I have to sleep well at night. I want them to like me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I, I think there's an aspect well. of a void for sure. But I think, <laughs> I think by nature, humans have voids because we're born out of one. How could we not look at the nature of the planet? We are, the planet is suspended in the, in the biggest void of all. Mm-hmm. How could, how, how could we not each have some sort of internal void? I, I think every human being on earth has something something, a a desire to fulfill that little space that cannot be filled you know that i i I really believe that maybe would you say for you it's like your asshole i would (laughs) wait i can't hold on let me see if i can show you my asshole it almost (laughs) looks like an asshole doesn't it look look wait if i can hide my other fingers Doesn't it? Doesn't it legit look, look, look? Dude, if your if your asshole looks like a hairy knuckle, look at this. Look. <laughs> Does this look like your asshole? Yes. Yes. That is exactly what <laughs> my Where asshole looks gone? like. Do you know this I undeni- this undeniable void? I made butthole candles. Did I tell you that? No. <laughs> How do you even go about doing that? Where's the? <laughs> well, because Gwyneth did the. The vagina. This candle oh, smells yeah, like yeah, my yeah, vagina. Yeah. Uh, you did an asshole one. It's Ed Du Butthole, and it, it smells like my butthole. No not like way. gross, not gross, but like a fresh butthole. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. At freshly showered butthole. Yeah, vanilla and leather. That's the scent. <laughs> leather ass. Okay, <laughs> leather ass. I like that. Okay, cool. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Very nice. So, <laughs> what? What did your? Like, how early did you do stand up? I don't know that. I don't like people ask me that all the time, but I felt like 
you know, like we were talking, people like us, we were doing stand-up without knowing we're doing stand-up for mm-hmm. years and years and years. So there isn't like, because if you want to say when I started, I've moved along a little bit faster than people. You know what I'm saying? But I, I was already used to like, you know, knowing how to fucking throw that line in there or knowing how to get a laugh or something, you know? And then just the stage work was me getting comfortable in front of an audience, like a big audience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think like more and more just so I could be myself, like be the guy that I was in a classroom on stage. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the, that's the goal. That's like, what to I be think the take, essence. Yeah, to, to, that's what you work so hard to get to be to where we can just talk like this, but you can do it on stage and still make those little laughs and you get those laughs in. And it feels genuine. It feels like just a part of that's a kind of comedy like, I, you know, you people like even Theo Vaughn, who's really stepped into his thing, Dalia, um, even people like Whitney, who's so much more cerebral, but who they are on stage is who they are off stage. You know, right. it's not a like, complete... I mean, a different level of it. Yeah, sure. It's t- tuned up, you know, even with like, Theo right. or Chris, you know, but it's like, um, that that's just what it is. It's like, you play up those parts in your life to, to make it, you know, an entertaining thing, you know, what Does did your, what did you, yeah. What did your parents think of it? <laughs> what did your dad, like, what does your well, dad that, say about stand up? <laughs> I was just like, I used to have jokes about, you know, obviously they don't want you to do this shit. You know, it's like Middle Eastern culture. Obviously they don't want you to do that. You know, it's like the most hack premise there is for a Middle Eastern comic. Right. But like, it's, it, it's not because when we're immigrants, the, the reason I've explained this on a lot of podcasts, but when, when you're an immigrant, like they're like, fuck, we came all the way here, dude. Don't, you know, don't do something that's not sure. You know, like, what the fuck are you doing? Go to law school or go to, be a, you know, go into medicine or, you know, be a doctor or be an engineer because those things are sure. There's a path. There's a clear path for that, you know, for you to become like a successful individual monetarily because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we're, we're immigrants, like I said. You're so that's a, why I think- taking on a big risk. Yeah, the resistance was that, if there was any. So like, but they always knew, like my mom always knew. So they weren't like super like, and I made that excuse forever, you know, because I didn't do comedy. I started, I did comedy a couple times when I was 18, like three or four times at an open mic. And I was like, I fucking love this. But then I made excuses not to do it for another like 10, 11, you know, year. I started when I was like 27, you know, like really. So I made all these excuses, but I made those up. Like I was like, oh, they don't want me to do this. I better go to school and do this shit. It wasn't really. Did you really, go to I, school? I went to UCLA. Yeah, for my dad and shit. I was like, oh, I got into school. I was a horrible, like in high school. So I went to JC, junior college, like in Newport Beach or in uh, Costa Mesa, Orange Coast College. And I fucking like worked really hard to go to get in the transfer program to go to UCLA, you know, because I'm like, oh, let me, yeah, I, I feel bad. Like, you know, my dad brought me here. This was my mentality. Like, my dad brought me here. Let me fucking at least do this. I know he always wanted me to go get a degree, you know? So I did that for him. And I just, I, I, I put a lot of, a lot of pressure on that shit when I should, it's, it's all bullshit. Like I tell kids now, like, you know, I, I meet a lot of like um, Middle Eastern Americans or whatever, you know, doing I'm what sure. I do that are like, Hey man, they'll reach out to me or something. So I always tell them, dude, live for you. Don't fucking make up this thing for your parents, you know? Cause at the end of the day, they want you to be happy. Yes. Right. So if you have to do this shit, do this shit, you know what I mean? And commit and to be, it. Yeah. I, I never wanted to be the fucking funny guy at the water cooler, like 40 years old <laughs> and the funny guy. Hey man, Hey John, you go to the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, I'll see and then you fucking hate your life and you go back and you hate your life. You know, it's like, I didn't want to be that guy. And I was almost fading into that when I was doing real estate, you know, I was like, fuck. And I started real estate and I made a bunch of money and shit, but my, you know, my, I was like showing off to my dad, like, look at the condo I bought. Look at this fucking car I have, you know, to, to make him proud of me. And then I realized, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You only get one shot at this life. Just do what you want to do, man. And I, that, back of my head all the time, I was thinking, dude, I need to be doing stand up. I need to be doing 
what I was supposed to be doing. You know what I fucking was put here to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like when then when you really find your purpose and you're like, fuck, it's like it's, you're doing a disservice to you and your whole family and everybody if you don't pursue that shit. You are. You really are. You know? I mean, yeah, we, and you're just selling everybody short, not only yourself, but fucking doubt, you know, all these people that never get to see you or you don't get to, you know, see your talent and how good you are at bringing a room together and making that shit dope, you know, like having a fucking good time and making them forget about their shit. I mean, because talk so about dope. the unfulfilled void. The The biggest one is people actually taking a risk and doing what they want to do out of life. And now is a good time to do that. I've been saying that to all these motherfuckers on Dude, the podcast. Right now. Yeah, yeah. That's such a good, good point. Right you want to make coffee yeah. mugs? Make coffee mugs. Mm -hmm. Make some custom coffee mugs. If you've always dreamed about it, put it, put Stewie, Dewey, what's his name? Dewey, Doogie. Doogie. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking mom and her accents. Yeah, you did, guys. I gotta go. <laughs> what did your parents do for work? Do they do they work now? My mom, see, this is what's cool. My mom was always an artist. Like she did like, you know, paintings and like she'd worked with like metal sculptures and shit, like heavy oh, metal wow. and stuff, like welded shit. So that was kind of cool. So she was never like, you know, she always was, you know, a fan of the arts and stuff, but she came from like a pretty wealthy family in Iran, you know? But then when she moved here, married my dad and moved here, she kind of got cut off from her family. So her life fucking changed so drastically. She was used to some, you know, like, like her dad told her, like, if you go there, fucking you're on your own, basically, you know what I mean? Like, if you go with him and you go on your own, that's what happens. She kind of got cut off from the family. So, you know, she's always been an artist at heart, but she's had a really rough life, man. Came here and we lived in a shitty apartment, you know, for like, and came and we had no money here. So then it's like, you know. She but must she, love it, your dad. It, it, no, but my dad, there had been divorced since we moved here. My dad kind of like fucking, he was always, you know, fucking around and doing oh, whatever. No! Yeah, so I feel bad for my mom, but it just really fucked up everything. Our whole family dynamic is really fucked because... Wow. You know, the way that I look at my mom and, you know, sometimes I'll think like cause she was a kid when she came here. So I was learning how to be, you know, live in this society. And I would teach her a lot about how, you know, like the culture and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure how it's that way goes. a lot with children. Yeah, it's that way a lot. So it's like you're almost the parent. So it's yep. a fucking dynamic shift. It's really fucked up. And that's another thing that really affects you. You know, yeah, that's interesting. I think people, you know, especially people who are you know, I'm from here. I take that for granted, but I, that does happen. I know I have a couple friends who are also immigrants that the child, because of the rate of uh, learning, children learn so fast, they end up teaching right. their parents and they become and take on this parental role. Like that's also a Absolutely. traumatic thing. Dude, that happened. And my dad had already been here, but we didn't live with my dad in the beginning. Like, you know, they got a divorce. We live with my mom for a minute. And then when, when I was oh. in fifth grade, we went with my dad and he didn't even, he was like fucking, you know, he didn't want to, he was like younger than me right now, you know, he didn't want to fucking have a couple kids. He just didn't want to pay my mom child support or something, you know? So then you have that, you know, like, you know, and he wasn't like a bad dad. I don't want to say he was a bad dad. Cause he, he just didn't know how to be his mom died when right. he was four dad was in the military. So he didn't know how to love. So he was just like, whatever, dude, at least I didn't leave. You know, that, that was his mentality. Like, at least I didn't fucking leave you guys on the street. Like, right. You live at my house or whatever, my apartment, like fucking, you know, have, have respect for that. Like he didn't know how to, you know, and I'm trying to get a better relationship with him now as I get older. Uh, but I had a lot of resentment for him because of that shit, you know, and like feeling unwanted and feeling like, you know what I'm saying? And then my mom, like I had that thing like, oh, well, you're supposed to be with your mom when you're a little kid. You know, if you have a mom, like you're supposed to, you know, so it That's felt a like brutal place. Both angles. Yeah, it was just a fucked up like and it's my brother has been dealing with that shit, too. But he's been going to therapy. And for us, like, fortunately, we have 
the stage to do it. I've worked out a lot of shit on stage and I go, oh, fuck, this is why I'm this way. Or my relationships with women, why it's like that. Because my dad was with a fucking different woman every week, you know? And I was like, oh my God, this, I'm becoming him. And then I had to realize, like, don't do that. I don't want to end up like, you know, making the choices that he made in some aspects of his life, you know? Well, that's the hardest thing to do as adults as we are now is to evolve our own personal journeys. Like, so often people will say, I am this way because of my mom. I am this way because of my dad. But saying that gives authority for that behavior to continue. Right, right. It's acknowledging that and then fucking making the adjustments as I think is what the growth, where the growth comes or the person, you know, and we're both talking like we've read these self-help books, which I have. I don't know if you have, but, you know, I've read a lot of shit, like just in personal development and wanting to be better as a human being or, you know, as, as an example, if I have children or some shit, you know, because I don't want to do the same mistakes that they did. But they I don't fault them in any like failures as parents because they had no fucking clue. Yeah, I couldn't imagine coming to another country. You know what I mean? Learning it all over again. Like I would never be able to do that. So no I way. give them all that respect and I give them I, I just wish that there was a bond of like the love with, you know, sometimes like our family gatherings, it's just like a weird fucking thing. If we get like my brother, me and my brother and my mom together, it's like this weird thing. And my, it just, there wasn't a good foundation of like a family or love or bond, you know? Yeah. There wasn't everyone's like, a, like, everyone's like for themselves. It's weird. It's, you know, so it just, yeah. Fragmented and that, you know, I come from a similar situation. You know, my mom and dad separated when I was young and my mom, she's back together with my older, my stepdad from before they separated. Now my mom's back and they're happy and they've both evolved and have gone through their own individual journeys. But when I was younger, you know, my mom's her, not my dad's replacement, but she moved in the neighbor's dad, the guy, the family who lived four houses down, oh. their dad moved into my, <laughs> Whoa, dude, I think we talked about this guy vaguely remember we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we had oh a heart to heart on that mm -hmm. dirty beach in Lebanon. <laughs> mm -hmm. We totally did. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, fuck, how do I know this story? I'm like, did I read this book? And I'm like, oh, shit. Decimate fucking told me when we were staunched in Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so traumatic. But that's those type of things that happen to us. Like, I think, you know, did did kind of make you a little bit of how the way you are. But then it's us now dealing with the shit to become better and realize that, oh, that's what happened. So let's fucking get out of it, you know? Yeah, and to talk right. about it. Because so many people totally. are stuck in their own hamster wheel and they don't mm -hmm. even have the self-awareness. Luckily, we live in a society where self-awareness is a fucking hashtag. LA, like, this is the place, if you have mental illness, come here because you won't be judged. Yeah. You will not be judged. No, it's like another picture of yourself, another one of your face. <laughs> you know, is this not... No one's telling you not to do this. Like, what are these people doing? But no one gives a fuck. They don't have self-awareness. They don't care. And I almost admire it. I'm like, fuck, man. I wish I had some of the, you know, confidence to do what you're doing. I know. Like every day. <laughs> At same angle. The same picture. The same fucking picture. You know? And all that photo says is my dad left too early. Just. Yeah. You know, you can see through all the lines. Once you see through your own trauma, you can see and notice other people's trauma. And it's just, I hope for most people in this world, for, you know, people in my life to recognize their own habits and to realize they ha they have the power to change them. They really do. Totally agree with you. And that's yeah. what I'm working on. I'm working on. I'm glad, dude. I'm glad we had this talk because it's like, 
you know, there's other people going through the same shit. Yeah, and it's nice, like, there's so many podcasts where it's, you know, a back and forth joke-a-thon. And that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, I, I intentionally have people on that I know and love and people who I also know have come through and from some sort of struggle and I know are candid enough to talk about it because, honestly, the thing that changed my life when my dad passed away and I was like, that was a big thing for you. Yeah, it was a big that thing. Was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't not talk about it. I couldn't mm-hmm. not talk about it. I had to because otherwise it, I wasn't going to survive. Like, I'm going to get this. And remember, we were talking about yes. it. Like, Dude, you feel like, talk, and you were so fucking great. It was like, that's was, right. Was so I was scared true. to do the jokes. It was so true to what you were going through. And that's like, as as artists or stand up, you know, comics like that are trying to like really be vulnerable and let like fucking lay it all on the line. You know, it's like, that's, we, that's our thing to do. You, you, sh- you did the right thing and you did it dope. You were fucking went up there and just put your heart out there. That's right. You know I was so scared. I was like, they, I don't yeah. speak the language. I'm this American girl. I'm I, like, are they going to understand? Are they going to be scared about it? Like, what is the culture like? And I remember right. you being like, just go, like you just no, have because to the go love and of the do father it. Is universal. I remember, yes. I remember yes. it was like the love of the father was universal, but there was something, remember it was the shower thing. It was like showering the dad. Yeah, washing remember my you were, father. Yeah, you were like, okay, I'm going to wash my dad. And then, but then you made a joke about like, which we would in the Western world maybe laugh at, but to their, in their culture, like, you know, it, it's like, no, that you have to have a little respect. Don't, don't, you know what I'm saying? It was like one little tweak, but it was like, that's what your experience was. And you thought it was funny. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, yep. oh, one little tiny thing is like lost in translation. Fuck it. Right, but right. Dude, you did the joke and I was so proud of you. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. She I did it. That's right, guys, that. what a real oh comic my does. God, yes. Yeah. I I, yeah. I I can't believe that I forgot we had that conversation. You were like, you got you just gotta do it. You just Yeah, that it's... hot ass room and the hot ass green room. I just fucking do over sweating. I'm like, can't fucking do it, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get a fucking water. I need water. <laughs> fucking Ron. <laughs> Oh, I love that guy, dude. We just, I just, did he call you to do his podcast thing? Did you do it? Yeah, he called me to do a podcast. Ron Sikowski, who who is the the guy who brought us out to Lebanon. He also Mm. called it, I think he asked me for a yawn. Did you get asked for a yawn? No. Oh, what the fuck is he on? He's a, Ron is a wild character. I don't know. I don't, I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, I don't I guess he was trying to cause like a global yawn through videos. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that call. So <laughs> I don't know about this. And he goes, "Yeah," and he sent. Me, he asked me to send me a, like a video of my feet, which was <laughs> like he's doing a global do that. feet foot thing for the right for the right price. <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna set up an OnlyFans account? <laughs> I know, right? I'm a fucking cam girl. <laughs> where, uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, all my all my handles are at Amir Comedy. And then, uh, yeah, the podcast is cool. I, you know, if people want to listen to that, that'd be dope. Um, it's Salty Locks. Like, you just look up Salty Locks with Amir K. And it's up there. And you have YouTube? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's YouTube video and audio. Yeah, awesome. so you can listen on Apple Podcasts or some shit, but you can watch it on um, on uh, YouTube. Is your doggy yeah. still right there? Yeah, he's here. I don't can want to bother. Okay, well, I was going to oh, say. Oh, you want to say bye? Have him say Doogie. goodbye to everybody. Doogie. Doogie come here. I'm making you bother your elderly dog just because I want to see him. <gasps> I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> oh Isn't he the God. fucking cutest? Look at his <gasps> face. He's so happy you picked him up. Aw, thank you so much for the podcast, Amir. This was amazing. Dude, you're awesome, Jessamay. I love you, man. It was great to do this. I can't wait to see you in the flesh, but six feet apart. Absolutely. Six feet apart. We'll do Bye. it again. Bye.
Bye, babe. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.